Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Providence at Louisville Wednesday college basketball. Marco, who do you like and why? Well, RJ, I'm going to like the dog in here, Providence. And the reason simply, Louisville is just an overpriced commodity right now. Stock value on Louisville following last week's games. They had back-to-back blowouts over Connecticut and Rutgers, but then the icing on the cake was Sunday when they played on national TV against the Pitt Panthers, knocked off Pitt. Now everybody's buying into the Louisville program. And I say this is a uh, letdown for them. And on the f- all right, so let's talk about that. So starting off, we're constructing our two and a, our race to two and a half points. How can we get two and a half points of value? So part part of that value is coming from Louisville simply being overrated, and that's based on recent performance. That's based on one of those happening against the marquee team on national TV. Absolutely. Go on. Now to the flip side to that, Providence. They're coming off an absolute bad game, and everybody's going to look at that score. They played on Sunday as well. They played at Marquette, and they got the doors blown off them by 24. So you're saying, well, why do you want them if they got beat by 24? Well, one, we're going to get added value with Providence in the line. Two, if you dig into the schedule, which is something I love to do, this was a perfect spot for them to get blown out on Sunday. They were coming off. Their last two games prior to Sunday. Did you have the other team Sunday? Um, no, I did not. I didn't. So in hindsight, it was a perfect spot. In, in hindsight, it was a perfect <laughs> spot. But the situation was they played Cincinnati at home in overtime. They lost in overtime. They followed that game up with a high-scoring shootout against Notre Dame. They took Notre Dame to the limit and lost 94-93. Now, so many times you've heard me talk about when an inferior ball club plays one of the big marquee teams and takes them to the limit like that but comes up short, it's more devastating for that team to come off that type of loss because they they came so close to pulling off a major upset and then have to go on the road. They just got gassed at Marquette. Okay, so and what day was that game? That was Sunday. So both these teams played Sunday, turn around to Wednesday. Okay, so... What did you expect the number to be? I thought the line, I put my line at 12, and when we actually got the uh, line just before we went on air, the line came out at 13, which makes me even better because this is one of those ones where the line is higher, but I understand why the line's higher. And that's a distinction. In this case, you're making a value play. Mm-hmm. And about, what, about half your games are value plays, half are traps? Yes. And the distinction between the two is when a line is out of whack for no reason that you can see, you think that's the odds makers trying to induce action. And when it's out of whack because of a misperception you can define, then you'll take the value. Absolutely. And to put it, you know, when it doesn't make sense, that's when you really look at the line. And for this line to be high, it absolutely makes sense because of the way the scores are. So I like Providence. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. And uh, Louisville's not generally been a good margin ball club, you know, win by big numbers. I'm going to take Providence plus the points. I have Louisville winning the game, but I have it as a 76-71 game. 
a lot closer than the odds makers think. Okay, so your official projection. Now, what's Providence's uh, tournament chances at this point? No. They're not. not. No. Will they make the Big East tournament itself? They're at the bottom half of it, and I don't remember exactly how many teams don't get into the the Big East tournament. So aren't you, uh, it sounds like an issue here that maybe hasn't been fully examined is have they, have they packed it in? Well, I... Given the way they played those two games at home prior to the Marquette game on Sunday, I don't think this team has thrown it out uh, yet for the season. Uh, still, they can get the 500, which would get them into the NIT status. Teams, you, you get one game over 500, you're going to make the NIT or that other uh, CBI tournament that they've had the last few. Now, that's interesting because if you're a marquee team that has aspirations for an NCAA title, oftentimes you do horribly in the NIT if you get disappointed. You would say Providence, those expectations would make the NIT a valid or a, uh, a tournament that they might actually be motivated to get into? Well, nobody ever is going to really truly be motivated to get to the NIT, but this is a team that realistically early in January knew that they weren't going to be a contender in the Big East. So you've you got to readjust So they goals. were disappointed... All right, interesting. Any uh, closing thoughts? Nope, this is strictly a, a value play. And like I said, you know, when you, I know you tell me that I like the backhandle schedules, but whenever that's so key to me and my handicapping. Well, I think you're right. The defined misperception is just sometimes I think you've got to be careful. It's like the guy at poker. I don't want to name any names or anything, but it's like the guy <laughs> at poker that. Um, that no matter what, he made the right play. You, clearly, you're not always making the right play. Clearly, teams get beat sometimes because they're just not very good or they didn't play a good game. And sometimes you can, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, you can rationalize too much. Okay, I'm going to go new- now. So, so I actually went one and one. I understand correctly. I went one and one. One and one last week, and you had one neutral I, play. So what you're saying is you only won one game over last weekend uh, with, with the video pick. With the video, you were one and two. Yeah, without one and two without. Oh, so oh wait, I'm sorry. So So this was yeah, I was one and two on the three for the weekend, and we were uh, one and two for the uh, three during the week. Okay, so when I last either said I agree or disagree, you went you won one game, and I was on that. No. Well, how could I not go one and one? I, I'm confused. You won one. We, the one that we well, the game we lost. We you you did. Give I, I I heard you there, but okay. the one you won one game. Right. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And the game I didn't agree with your own one. And you agreed with one that lost. No, I got that part. <laughs> and then you were then you were one and two without me on the weekend. Yes, sir. So the so let's say I disagreed with all those because I didn't agree. So really, you're one and three with the ones I haven't agreed on. Okay. So I'm going to say well, neutral. You talk about backdating something to make something. Now, I'm going to say I'm going to say it. neutral on this. Okay, neutral. But you know, just to give you the proper credit, why don't you take 12 seconds and tell us some of your video streaks other than these couple? Well, our video streaks are we're nine and three with the last 12 videos overall, with or without his blessing. I want to you know, better stipulate, with, but go ahead. You know, and the best bets are five and one. We finally lost our first best bet on Saturday. Uh, and I wasn't there for that. No, you weren't there for that. It's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to break down another Wednesday college basketball game. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. 
New Mexico at BYU Wednesday college basketball. Marco, who do you like and why? Well, RJ, I like BYU in this game. Whoa, I'm surprised. I was ready to say, let's make this a 90-second video. BYU's overrated. New Mexico had a loss that somehow didn't count, and you love the value. But you're surprising me. I'm all ears. Okay. Normally, after a big win, I would be looking to fade a team, which the first time BYU did play San Diego State when they beat them, the very next game, we did it on video, I gave out New Mexico to upset BYU, and that's the key to this play. BYU is not going to be flat after the big win on Saturday because they're not going to let history repeat itself. They went after the San Diego State game, which the scheduling setup was totally different. They played San Diego State at home the first meeting and then went on the road to play New Mexico. On the road from a Wednesday to a Saturday. We've talked several times about how home teams on Saturdays, the crowd's more rambunctious and everything. Now we've got a flip side. BYU, big win on Saturday on the road, bringing the momentum home. They're playing with revenge. You can bet the coaching staff will tell these kids all week, remember what happened last time when you took New Mexico for granted? They're going to show up with their A game, and I look for a huge win by BYU. They are so one they didn't play since Saturday. They yeah. haven't played. So a week to get over the... Uh, the uh, no, four, three days to get over it. Four days. They're playing on Wednesday. Okay, wow. I don't know what I'm thinking about next Saturday already. All right, Probably so, sitting well, at the Bellagio playing cards. Maybe. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, so th- then let's, let's pose the question. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you just had your biggest win in, in, in many a year. There's no, no hangover. If, they, if this wasn't the exact same setup of playing New Mexico mm-hmm. right after it, I could buy into that. But they're not going to right. go down that My road My second twice. question is f- that the talk has now turned to BYU has a number one seed if they went out. And maybe even if they don't, uh, you know, if they lose in the finals of the conference tournament or whatever, perhaps – is maybe is there too much of a premium on this? What was your what was your projected bookie line? My I thought it would come out eleven and a half. It came out at twelve, a half a point higher. So I'm okay with that. New Mexico. The other thing with this game and the difference between the first meeting, New Mexico is playing back to back road games. They played on Saturday and won, and now have to play again on the road on Wednesday. So it's a hard scheduling spot to win back-to-back road games, you know, playing like that Saturday to Wednesday. And you're always more up for a Saturday game, but definitely the opponent, they're going to be up for BYU, that's for sure. So one of the things that we talk about a lot, or not a lot, but enough, is the difference between the old-school wise guys and the new-school wise guys. And to me, one of the main differences is that the old-school guys are always taking the double digits. They're always fading the, the team that just had their biggest win of the year. Now, what I respect about the new school is they find maybe 20% of the classic old-school wise guy spots, and they say, no, this one, it doesn't, it's, it's not good enough. Yeah, those factors are still there, but there's other factors. But usually that takes a new school wise guy from playing the dog to neutral to passing the game. Now, you've actually gone all the way from passing the game or from playing the dog, which is the typical play here, all the way past passing, all the way towards thinking there's two and a half points of value. So you're saying this line should be 14 and a half. 
I do. I mean, I have BYU, my personal number handicap in the game. I have them winning by 16 in this game. All right, so give us your official projection. I've got BYU lay the points. I've got them winning 86 to 70, and I think this is a team. They are good. They're very good defensively, and they had a lapse in that first game. If you look like extreme results, that was the highest game that they had for a defensive uh, percentage given up. They gave up 50% from the field in that game. And it's one of those things that, again, we've talked numerous times about defense and intensity. I think after such a big win, they just didn't have that intensity last it, time. in the last time. They'll have it this time. So this is a classic case. It's funny. One time I was listening. This is before uh, Tom Dwan became really well-known. But he was uh, with the uh, Poker Nerds Online. As they say, he was a... a Hero, and he was on a podcast, and they asked him probably 20 minutes of questions about strategy. What do you do here? What do you do here? And literally, it, it was almost like a comedy skit. Every answer was, it depends. And it was like, they, they would try to get more information. He goes, well, in this spot, you could do this, but you also could do it. And it was completely, you know, a lot of the comments afterward, he's not giving anything away. But I think this is analogous. Let's think about this. Is... Typically, if a team has a big win, you fade them. You're, you're saying, well, maybe, but it depends, and here's a spot where you don't. And then, typically, you would say, or maybe you wouldn't say this, but there'd be two valid sides of this. While New Mexico fundamentally has already proven that they can play with BYU, now you're getting double digits. So that would be a value. So you could see a write-up in the forum saying that exact yep. same thing. And you're saying, because of that, I, don't, I think it's more telling that BYU is going to be motivated and focused than it is the fundamental issues that we learned from the first win with New Mexico. But that difference in, remember, the difference between 50 and 55% is 1 in 20 games. You've got to be on the right side instead of the wrong side once every 20 times, and you can live in a mansion from Baton. Or if you are not right, 1 in 20 extra times, you go broke from the Jews. So I find it very interesting. And, and again, it's, uh, I think people try to, eventually they watch you and listen for long enough, and they think there's a mechanical way to do this. And there is maybe 70% of the time, but it's that 30 that you throw them a curve, the Marco curveball. You know, it's sometimes there's, you know, there's an intangible that, you know, you want to throw a poker player out there, you know, Doyle Brunson, that there's feel. It's not always math, it's feel. Lucky for you, because let's be honest, <laughs> you're not strong with math. <laughs> but, hey, that's awesome. Uh, now, let me ask you about curveballs. Is, have, you ever had, have you ever ordered, like, a, an Italian hoagie? Now, follow me here. And, and we're, you know, really ready for it. And then you went and took a bite, and somehow you found out it was all vegetables and no meat. And you're like, like even as you were, then you look inside, and then you have this scowl on your face, and you start, like, you know. Anybody that served me for a long time, if it's a normal restaurant that I've been to many times, they wouldn't even try that. Okay, they would they would be sleeping with the fishes. Okay, you don't eat fish. Oh, I do. <laughs> no, I do eat fish. No, I like fish actually. Oh no, let's 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 take a minute. We got a minute, right? Oh, so, because I always make fun of you for for not liking vegetables. And then you actually like, like one time, now tell me if I'm right or wrong here. One time you actually said, oh, no, I like chocolate dipped broccoli. No. 
Oh, come on. I d I've never heard of You know, of one of the keys of pregame.tv is us telling the truth. Look into the main camera and say, I that have never it. said I like chocolate dip broccoli. No, I like chocolate dip strawberries. I like, you know, <laughs> chocolate dip fruit. Or the know? only time you eat honeydew melon is with prosciutto. Well, is that I, true? I, I do. I, I eat cantaloupe and honeydew with prosciutto. That's, that's, that's a delicacy. That's <laughs> well, good but, stuff. And the only time you eat strawberries is strawberry pie. No, no, no. All right, guys, you can continue the conversation, and you can talk and you can talk about Marco's uh, dietary approaches or this game, and we're going to be back. we got a Sunday game next, right? We've a Sunday. We, do you know where oh, we're geez, at? <laughs> You're so worried about my eating habits. You don't know what day it is. I'm, I just don't know why I'm thinking it's the weekend. Today, I guess we're, I've we're taping on Tuesday. We're Tuesday. doing Wednesdays, and then the next game's going to be a Thursday it's game. It's Thursday. Thursday. So, uh, so like, I'll lead you to the promise land. Taking it in the golf on a Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. We'll be back with you Thursday. See what I got to work with. <laughs> Dawson cut his mic. Thursday action. <laughs> For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. St. John's at Seton Hall. And, yes, this is Thursday action. Who do you like and why? Well, RJ, I like Seton Hall, and the theme of this one's going to be the hunter becomes the hunted. And Saint, is, that, is that from Wall Street? I, you know what? I, it, I could be. I don't know. It, you know. I've heard it so, but it applies here. And what I'm talking about is the St. John's Redmen. These guys have been playing super, but they've been doing it as a dog. Flying under the radar, upsetting people. They have won six in a row, five of them as underdogs. Thursday, they're going to be a favorite on the road. And I think this is a natural letdown spot for this team. If you look at what they're coming off of, they played Connecticut, Cincinnati, Marquette, Pitt, and Saturday they went on the road because everybody was saying that this team is good at home. Mm -hmm. But they went on the road, and much to my dismay, I had Villanova. They beat Villanova on the road. So now this team is as high as they could possibly be, public perception, flying high. Now they're going to be playing an inferior team in Seton Hall, and now they become a road favorite. And I think it's a recipe for disaster. Okay. So I like one of the concepts here, which is you've got a team that has a home-road dichotomy, a split over the course of, of the entire year. They win one road game that's impressive, and on the heels of all the other victories, it comes off as, wow, this team can win home or road. When in truth, the sample size on the key road wins is very limited. So whatever um, negativity the public would have felt for St. John's being on the ro road may be assuaged by that one win. And again, we remember the public, the squares, overreact to what they see and they overreact to short term. So that makes a ton of sense to me there. Um, all right, so that's part of the mix. Now, before we get into the rest of where you see the value, what do you project this line, the bookies line, to come out at? Okay, now, since this is a Thursday game, we don't have the actual line yet. So I'm projecting that St. John's is going to come out a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, Seton Hall, at home, although they have not been winning, they have played very competitive. They've played Syracuse to five-point loss. 
They played Georgetown to a five-point loss, Connecticut to a two-point loss, and Villanova to a three-point loss. So this team can play competitively at home. And if I'm correct in that St. John's going to have a little bit of a letdown after the Villanova game and Seton Hall, you know, live home underdog here, I'm going to go ahead and call for the outright upset with Seton Hall and take this Here's game. your fish projection. I've got Seton Hall winning 65-61. And as long as Seton Hall is any kind of dog, oh, so give in this us your game, rank. So you want points? As long as they're because the, the whole thing is the mentality. What happens if they're getting a dozen? <laughs> We're still we'll, we'll take them. I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. ta- I'll take it this time. But you know, <laughs> the, the situation is it's almost the mindset, RJ. And you know, this is you know maybe a, a talk for another time. But there's a different mindset when you're an underdog and when you're a favorite. Because when you're an underdog, you have something to prove. You know, because so Vegas is telling you you're not the better team. When you are the favorite, now all of a sudden, you know, you're the big man on campus. You're supposed to win. And the fact that... you say this a fact? I, I think you're right, but it's a fact <laughs> is much muted when it's a, you know, Big East game on a, on a Thursday as opposed to the national championship game in the BCS. Or, I, so let's... How much of a factor do you really think Seton Hall is saying... You know, we don't got to focus too much because, you know, we're two-and-a-half-point favorites. You saw Danny Sheridan, right? <laughs> but it, it's the mindset from, you mean St. John's, but it's the mindset from St. John's that they won all those games as an underdog, you know, and the last one being so right. impressive. I can, it, see, I can see that. Now, let, but let's talk about this, though, is oftentimes the public's reaction to a game, a, a, a string of games is correct. It's just too extreme. So clearly St. John's is better today than you thought they were five or six games ago, correct? Oh, absolutely. So you're saying you accept the fact that this performance has been impressive and that you've adjusted your power ranking. You're just thinking there's an overreaction to how good they really are. At this point in time, yes. All right. Any closing thoughts? No, we've got to get uh, your blessing. And actually, you know, you forgot the exactly. last one. You were so, so concerned about my eating habits. I'm worried. Listen, I have a long-term horizon with pregame. We don't <laughs> want to have, like, the Memorial Marco show or anything. <laughs> All right. So in the last the video. BYU, yeah. New Mexico, I'm going neutral. I, I don't. I, let's just keep it at that. Okay. I don't like to play uh, marquee teams at home laying double digits. Just a okay. funny thing. Now... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like the guy that can raise with seven deuce and make it work, though. You know, there's certain geniuses. I'm not that when it comes to <laughs> handicapping. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go neutral on this. Three straight neutrals. Wow. I'm like- I- I, I just think sometimes I, I think sometimes no because <laughs> a lot of people out there are like well I'm not touching these games oh, now okay <laughs> I'm sure that's what they're saying <laughs> and the reason being is simple sometimes and you saw this with the Patriots in 2007 sometimes the team's playing so well that the lines maker can't catch up yeah there is a tendency to overreact but the number was so far off the power ranking initially that it t- they don't want to move too quickly. And it just seems like you can only get lucky so many times. I'm not sure if his St. John's team just isn't significantly better than we thought. And thus the line is not out of whack at this point. You know, one final point on it. Have, not that there was really a question, but it, it absolutely locked it up. St. John's sealed their ticket to the big dance with their win against Villanova on Saturday on the road. So you, that's another little mental letdown, too. I hear you. It's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And that's it. Three videos this week. And we'll be back later in the week with more videos from Marco. And we've got VR scheduled to be coming in 
on Thursday. Talk to you then.